2: Together in this podcast series, we will go underground to explore cutting-edge health and human performance insights that you simply cannot search on Google to help you upgrade your existence. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Boost Your Biology podcast Today, I'm thrilled to be joined with a biological dentist, functional medicine expert, naturopath and author. Welcome, Dr. Dominic Nischwitz. Thank
1: you for having me, Lucas. It's a
2: pleasure. Awesome, man. So maybe, Dom, do you want to let my audience know a little bit about you and how you sort of became so fascinated into you know, optimizing human health?
1: Yeah, so yeah, my name is Dr. Dominic Nishwitz, or some refer to me as Dr. Dom. And I'm a specialist in biological dentistry and ceramic implants. You basically already said everything. You could also call me just a health enthusiast. And so I basically started this whole journey intrinsically motivated because I got sick as a kid quite often, like not, nothing major, but like I was on recurrent antibiotics starting from very young because of throat infections. I wanted to become like very good in my sports, which was skateboarding. And I was like, had this like, okay, I was good for two weeks and another infection and another antibiotic and like roundabout civil service when I was 18, 19 years old. And I started to focus on building muscle and fitness and I went to go to the gym. And yeah, this is basically, basically when I got interested into nutrition and now you would call it health optimization. Back then I was just interested in physical improvement and fitness and building muscle to jump higher for skateboarding, and look more like a turtle or like a um, karate guy, like more muscular. But I did this, this uh, and I, at the same time I applied to university for dentistry. Actually, I, m- I must say I had no purpose. I was just going to be a professional skater or skateboarding. Um, but um Yeah. I just applied for dentistry because my my dad is a dentist and I did actually, I didn't want to do it, but as as a civil servant, you, you, you needed to do a internship and they put me in dental school and actually dental surgery. And I was able to pull teeth there as a civil servant because they thought in retrospect, they thought I'm a, I'm a student, but I was just a civil servant. (laughs) And I was like, okay, why not? I just pull the teeth there in, in general anesthesia so I thought, okay, that may be something that I like, because I was very good with my hands and aesthetics and building things. So I just applied cold, so to speak, to dental school, didn't know what's going to happen there, and because I thought it maybe be good for my fingers and hands. And then I just studied it, and yeah, at the same time, doing, we're, we're doing all these let's say nowadays you would probably say biohacking or early bodybuilding ideas. So I was very interested in nutrition. I was very interested in supplements, like everything, creatine, glutamine, whey proteins, all the things that are now normal, let's say 20 years ago, they weren't so normal at all. It's like I'm, I was the only guy in university who went to the gym and did all these things. The guy with the containers full of food doing studies, yeah, like really bodybuilding style, like cheat days on the weekends and, like trying everything possible, but the focus was only performance. I didn't think about re- really about health. Obviously, I had my problems and I crashed big time when it comes to mental health when I was really young. And this is when, when I started to look into how can I improve my health even further and combined it. I did this the whole university. And after university, when you have to do the assistancy as a doctor, um, I wanted to become a surgeon. And he was doing the amalgam fillings. Like right on the first day, or like let's say in the first three days, he's like having a little meeting. And I was telling him, sorry, I cannot do the amalgam fillings. Aesthetically, I think they look like crap. I learned composite fillings in university. I can bring in the ceramics. I was very aesthetically focused also, obviously because of the fitness and my upbringing anyways. So I told him, sorry, I can't do it. And I knew from university what we learned is it's a perfect material, it will last forever. So amalgam all these silver fillings. But I knew from my dad that it's somewhat not healthy. Didn't learn that in university. So I looked it up in the internet and I found Dr. Dietrich Stringhard, I found Joachim Mutter, I found very great integrative medical doctors talking about heavy metal toxicity. I had never heard about it, even though I was already 25 years old and had a full dental study. So I got Really, really fascinated in that field because it clicked with everything I did for my body, like the nutrition, the supplements, the biochemistry, and then heavy metal detoxification. It's the same thing. It's like supplements, it's like biochemistry. So a whole new universe opened up for me um, starting actually in your mouth. So I became interested in, wow, I'm not just a dental technician that drills, fills and repairs teeth. I can be somebody who helps people getting really healthy, which I helped myself over the years to get my mental health back and my fitness and everything. So finally everything clicked and I got really passionate about it. So what was missing in university was basically just a part of what I was searching for was just help that I can optimize my health and then use it to help other people because this is the fulfilling thing. Obviously, the technique and the craftsmanship is really it's goal-oriented, you achieve something, but if you can help people getting healthy, that's fulfilling. So this universe opened and that was the early days of YouTube. So I started watching everything, booked every cause all over the world in terms of neurotherapy, functional medicine, whatever. I became a naturopathic doctor just because of my motivation to learn as much as possible about the whole body. And obviously my field is the oral health, and that's how it all started and became a whole concept now, 12, 13 years later, mm. um, which we are teaching for a couple of years now. So this is basically how I got passionate and intrinsically motivated, had to help myself getting healthy and then using this information now, obviously on a greater scale to help as many people.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you're doing, you're doing an amazing job, man, with some of the things you've been posting on your YouTube and Instagram and just such an incredible journey so far. Like it's just, you know, it's, it's a fascinating journey to hear. So maybe, Dom, do you want to let my listeners know why you think, you know, health starts in the mouth?
1: Let's see, totally simple. <laughs> the mouth is kind of like the entrance to your whole system. Everybody's talking about gut health and everything. So the gut starts in your mouth. It's the entrance. It's kind of like a whole tube that starts here and goes to the end. And this is where your body is evolving around. So it's quite obvious that the mouth is really important. And if you start from like as a little baby, the the first thing we do is we open our mouth, we cry, we get the air in, we start to basically put everything into our mouth for the first three years just to test everything. It's kind of like our gateway to the whole environment. Yeah, we're sucking on the chest, it's all oral focus. And if you see it from a medical perspective, the oral cavity has a huge microbiome. I know the microbiome is a huge topic anyways, but most people are talking about the part below the ribcage, which is your whole gut system, yeah, which is intestines and the colon. But this is actually the end of your body. And what about the entrance? Why is this so important? Like your mouth needs to be some kind of like a defense mechanism. It's kind of, there's a huge immune system in it. The, the most diversified microbiome in the whole body is actually your mouth. And for me, as a biological dentist, the mouth is kind of like the mirror for your overall health because I can see and I can train everybody at a quick glance or a quick smell if something is going wrong or is there any havoc in your whole body and you can only already see it here, like on your teeth. Is there, if there's reparation been done, for example, rotten teeth or just tooth decay or caries, a healthy body is immune against 2CK or caries. So first look, there's any hole or you need a filling, something is wrong in your whole body. So you really use the whole mouth to diagnose basically everything, what's going on, or actually even smell it. So you cannot you cannot imagine what I see on a daily basis, how that looks like. And if this is already like really bad and, let's say, epigenetically destroyed, what do you think how it looks down further in your gut system or in your intestines, in mm-hmm. all translates. So if you have the dysbiosis here, obviously you have the dysbiosis further down. And teeth in itself are organs and,
2: yeah, they're yeah. hardest. It's fascinating there, Dom, with the, um, like, the, you sort of explained that, the, you know, the oral the microbiome here is very diverse. I'd love to look at the clear link between, What's going on in the mouth and, and why that's so heavily linked to cardiovascular disease?
1: Yes. So actually, this is something that you kind of also learn in dentistry, that the bacteria in your mouth can affect your heart. Mm. So what do you learn as a dentist is if somebody had a, like a previous heart issue, for an example, an endocarditis, you know what that is? Like a inflammation of your endocard. Um, it's always strongly correlated to the bacteria. So these patients that had this previously, they always need to get an antibiotic. That's common sense or that's common teaching in the industry because of the bacteriomia. Like if you, for example, do just an oral cleaning procedure, they need to take an antibiotic before because it's clear that through cleaning these teeth, you stir up more bacteria that lurked into your biofilm and they directly go to your heart. So that's quite clear. And it's not that far away, actually. So I think the concept of biological dentistry is basically that the mouth is part of your body. Because we're not trained like this in university. It's You know it from every movie. The dentist is not a real doctor. It's like in Hangover or whatever, it's always like, oh, he's just a dentist, he doesn't even know what he's talking about. And it is a little bit like that because... Obviously, we study medicine as a dentist. It's just a specialty, and we we separate a little bit because we, had, we have so much training when it comes to our craftsmanship. But we study the whole medicine, but it still seems that the mouse is just outside body. And this is how we treat teeth. So how is it possible, for example, that we allow to place super toxic materials in your body? It's only possible because regulatory states that a filling, for example, is just a device that lays on top of your teeth. It's not really in your body. That's how FDA declares an amalgam filling or a silver filling. Then they can justify that it's 50% of mercury and it's highly toxic because the device, you don't have to do a toxicological report on it because it's not really in your body. It's just a device like this one here. Yeah, and this is a little bit of a flawed thinking. So the mouth is part of your body. Makes sense, right? And obviously everything you do in your body... Think about a hormone. If you go to an endocrinologist and you see you have, let's say you have a testosterone deficiency, then he will maybe give you a topical or injectable TRT treatment. I don't know where you inject it into any muscle, but obviously this hormone will not just work here locally on the muscle. It will work in the whole body. So imagine you have an inflammation on your tip of your tooth. Do you think it's only there or maybe does this inflammation spread? You may have high cytokine load because of tons of inflammation in your mouth. Actually, it's super logical, but it's so foundational work and it's not trained to intertwine or link all these different uh, modalities. Like, tons of functional medicine doctors know about oral health, but don't really look into your mouth. So, you hear people talk about heavy metal detoxification. And then I see that they still have like, melting fillings in their mouth, even in our field, which is health like the whole health optimization or health space. I see so many people running around with like sources of toxicity and inflammation daily, 24 seven in their mouth. They try tons of biohacks. They invest in the most expensive um, technique or machines for at home use to biohack their health where they haven't even looked into their mouths. And that might be the biggest trigger for the stress. And what I learned in the last couple of years is, and from good doctors, actually, that we are living in an epidemic of chronic disease. You can see it right now, it's a pandemic of the unhealthy, if you want, like that, and metabolic eh, metabolic problems, whatever, you know, it's a chronic disease. And for example, Dr. Dirk Klinghardt or a lot of, or Thomas Rao from Paracelsus Clinic, they always said, at least 60% of all disease starts in your mouth because there is something we call oral interference. Problems that you as a patient probably don't even feel, you don't see, and it's not trained that way, but like on a deeper level, inflammations, toxicity will start from there because you get reparation done. And this can lead to all the problems we're talking about. Insulin resistance, oxidative stress, Hormone problems, so many studies, like, you know, for example, if you have a higher level of IL-6, interleukin 6 cytokine, it's linked to low growth hormone. Other people will inject growth hormone, you know what I mean? And they didn't even look into their mouth. They start uh, chelation therapy while they're having amalgam fillings in their mouth. That's, that's so insane from a medical perspective, but that's how it works.
2: Interesting. Well, I'd love to dive deeper into the different types of fillings. Do you want to give my listeners a bit of an understanding on a different, the commonly used ones and the different types?
1: Of course. So, yeah, fillings, the one I was talking about, the amalgam filling, it's the silver filling. So if you have a black silver filling in your mouth, that's probably amalgam. So that is the. it's an old-school filling. It's still used in dentistry. In Germany, for example, it is a common practice because insurance pays for it. Same in the U.S., since 2018, there was the Minamata Convention. They are finally saying not silver fillings anymore. They openly talk about 50% of mercury. Before, it was kind of like just the marketing. There's gold fillings and there's silver fillings. So if you can afford gold, you just take the silver. Nobody knew that it's like mercury. So those are the old school fillings, the black ones, the ones that, that are paid by the insurance. Obviously, we have way we have evolved in terms of materials and we can use better materials, not just for the structure of the tooth, but also aesthetically and toxicologically wise. So if you get a white filling or tooth-colored filling, then it's most likely a, com- a so-called composite. Composite is if you say it's super easy, it's just basically plastic mixed with ceramics. That's super easy to explain, but that's a composite, yeah. Some sort of um polymerate and a little bit of organic matrix. And then you can go and upgrade. And if it's becoming a bigger hole, so filling is used if it's a tiny a tiny cavity, you fill it up. But if it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, you maybe need an inlay, which is, you could be, you could be doing this in metal or in ceramic if it's tooth color. And if it gets bigger and bigger, that's just dental terms, then you need a partial crown. And if the whole enamel is destroyed, you will put a whole crown on top of the tooth, so that you have the so tiny filling, then the inlay, then the partial crown, then the full crown. Obviously, the more enamel—it's the hard part—out of outside of your tooth, the more enamel that's destroyed, the weaker the tooth gets. That's totally logical. The amalgam filling, the old school one, has no, gives no stability for your tooth. You basically have a hole, and you drill it a little bit with an undercut and you fill it in and then it, the material in itself basically dilates Mm. and then fills it up. That's the black one. The composite fillings have something you, you use a technique it's called etching the tooth and you use, yeah, you basically bond the the, um, composite to the tooth. What it does, it really stabilizes the tooth. Even if you have a bigger hole and you use an inlay or partial ground because of the bonding procedure, Biomedical studies showed that if you glue it on top of the tooth, the tooth gets stabilized again. Obviously, not as good if you ha- as if you have your healthy teeth. I'm talking about reparation here. So the goal for the future, obviously, is to not repair anything. That's why I'm teaching this. But for now, fillings like black ones and composites. Hmm. And in my opinion, we shouldn't use any amalgam, obviously, at all for years. And I have never placed any amalgam filling,
2: luckily. In terms of the toxicology data with the composite fillings, Dom, they're still going to leach plastic into the body or what's the situation there?
1: Yeah, so in terms of, let's say for toxicology reasons, if you compare the amalgam, the silver filling, which contains 50% of mercury, which is the most toxic non radioactive element known to men, which is gases out of the filling on a daily basis, and you compare this toxicity to the little bit of plastic In the composite, it's about a hundredfold difference in terms of toxicology. Like, the amalgam is way more toxic. Still, the plastic is really depending on the skill level of the dentist, if he does it properly or not, if it's like doing it fast or whatever, because there's a clear um, etching or a clear composite bonding protocol with all the materials we use. Obviously, it's chemicals and it's not perfect, but we need to repair things. So, there are tons of different materials out there when it comes to composites. You really have to, we, what we do, we check for the patient, which one works with the immune system. You can use applied kinesiology to test it, the bioresonance. You can also do blood work to check if that's the right one. But if you don't have access to do this individual testing, obviously we don't have any material that contains EPA. So we already pre-select the best composites that work for filling really good, but also work for most people in terms of the immune system and toxicology. The toxic problem is not so bad because if you, you will always polymerase the materials in there with a UV light. And if you just polymerase it a little bit longer, like instead of just doing 20 seconds, you do 60 seconds, it's already better. We did tons of testings, kinesiological testings, to find out which was the best protocol and to get the least immune responses. And that's mostly the trick. If somebody has a problem from their composite, just go to the dentist and just let it polymerize one more time. Just go there 20 seconds of a UV light, and mostly that does the trick, because the only allergical problem or toxic problem is the monomers. Is that the right word in English? The monomers? Yep. Yeah. The monomers need to be like tightly bonded. If that's bonded, it's no problem anymore. It's like hard plastic. It's kind of like if you see... Would Whatever plastic structure like this, there's nothing leaching out anymore too much. Would it, would it still
2: be heat-resistant heat as well? Say it again? It, would it still be heat-resistant, even if we drink, you know, very hot beverages? It's, it's not going to... Yes, yes. If it's polymerized completely, it's
1: heat-resistant, totally. There's no... Obviously, of course, you bite on it and you maybe grind a little bit down, but I think it's such a minor thing that... If your body is healthy enough, I think you can really deal with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, of course, there are patients being allergic to their composites, maybe because they were like the immune system was connected to it or was exposed to the monomers for such a long time or too long because it wasn't done properly or it was allergic in the first bit. Then you maybe have to switch it to another one. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you cannot say composites. In itself, are bad for the patient or good for the patient. It's not correct. You can, you need to use something, and then just look what is good for the immune system. And what I always teach my dental colleagues. So in biological dentistry, let's say for the last ten years, it started with super chronic sick patients. I only saw like the sickest of the sickest, ALS patients, MS patients, like really cancer patients that we really had to do everything and be really precise, take out all root canals, all metals and everything. And obviously this spectrum evolved to all guys like us that are looking for the edge, that are high performers, athletes, people that are just looking for optimal health. And I'm really happy that I don't have to only um, do the extreme cases because they are looking for only, they want to become a little bit healthy and become healthy again but also the other side that wants to be superhuman. So both is important. We both need a 10 out of 10 and be individual. But what I was always training was if somebody comes in super unhealthy with an immune system that is already going berserk because of too many things in the body, you cannot put in a composite or any plastics at the moment and for long-term. We only will use temporary phases to let the body heal overall And basically the immune system will get modulated and easy again because Mm -hmm. it's probably the immune system is like used to get go berserk and the nervous system is on fire. All these patients are basically in a survival mode. If you place anything in a survival mode, new materials, you're probably backfiring at one point. So we need to get them out of the survival mode, de-stress them, detox them. Obviously we have to start by removing all the bad things in your mouth. And then after time, let's say four six months when everything is stable and healed, they are so much healthier. You can use way more different materials without causing any problems. So if they come in with this, a folder of like that big and 29 doctors they already saw, and then you think you're going to be the Messiah or the Jesus you can help them and make them a new denture, which will then work, forget about it. You have to, what you have to do is make them as healthy as possible again. Like turn the clock backwards, mm. see what's what has been done already and restore everything. Luckily, we can help the body heal itself. And then at one point, you can place perfect teeth in the mask. This is what happened over time with the patients. Patients are not coming in for me as a dentist. They're coming in for the health optimization week, and they know about these things that we're doing. And they tell me, okay, I was depressed. I had chronic shoulder pain. My, my hormones were out of whack. I couldn't sleep. Like, imagine everything. I had Hashimoto's, tons of MS, autoimmune diseases. My gut was problematic. I had skin rashes. You just name it. It's all gone 80%. And on top, this guy made us some nice teeth. So the teeth are not the focus anymore because I hated this. Like, oh, at the end when you like only do aesthetic dentistry. People are getting like this, very focused, like, oh, but I see a little edge on this tooth, so they get very narrowed down to the teeth, and for us, it's like the overall picture. They tell you, okay, you changed my life, I'm healthy again, and awesome, I have nice teeth. And obviously, we do high-tech dentistry. I always say biological dentistry is the overlap of the high-tech dentistry, which obviously includes aesthetic dentistry and functional dentistry, and the overlap with the functional medicine, the overall health and the health optimization, slash maybe biohacking, what the cool kids call it, to get to the level of optimal health. That's the focus. It's not just absence of disease. It's how can I make my patients as healthy as possible? Mm-hmm. And obviously the whole lifestyle, the nutrition, all these parts play a huge role before and after seeing us. But the mouth, to repair it again, biocompatibility, is huge foundational work to get overall health optimization yeah. done. And this is something... So I was doing functional medicine at the IFM 12 years ago. And in this whole week, they talked about heavy metals, but it was maybe like 10, 10 minutes out of the whole week and only said about chelation, nothing about seeing a biological dentist that, that maybe um, replaces these things and that takes care of taking it out safely and what are the alternatives to like The mouse was still not really... Connected to all the problems they were talking about metabolic health, diabetes, it's strongly correlated to your mouth. There are studies showing, for example, like for insulin resistance or diabetes, if you have periodontal disease, gum inflammation, like that goes into your pockets, just by clearing this off, your glycemic um, variability changes and your whole, yeah, 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 of course, your whole metabolism changes, obviously, because of all this inflammation and chronic stress in there. It's the same thing if you talk about leaky gut it starts in your mouth with leaky gum, like everything you can transfer to your mouth and should be work that all of us health coaches are there being at a dentist or whatever specialty should be familiar with. You should be able to diagnose a panoramic x-ray. That's why I made this little video because basically every patient should be able to get a panoramic x-ray and see at least, Oh, I have a root canal. That's how it looks like on an x-ray. Oh, I have a cavitation. Oh, there's tons of metals. I didn't even think about it. And that's why I teach this and show to everybody health starts in your
2: mouth, right? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's so fascinating when you, um, you know, really dive deeper. And I, I like the fact that you're trying to, you know, try not to neglect the importance of, you know, oral health and, and linking that in with overall health. Um, there is something I'd love to chat about, Dom, and that is like the underlying role of um, nutrition when it comes yes. to good health. So do you want to expand upon that?
1: Yeah, nutrition is probably everything that started it for me. Like that, there's a lot of experience, and you could say I tried everything for the last 20 years. And when it comes to nutrition, like every possible mindset or diet out there, and yeah, teeth. I said at the beginning are just the mirror of your overall health, and rotten teeth um, show that something in your body is rotten. And a teeth in itself, if you just focus on a tooth, it's an organ. It's hard as stone. Yeah. It's a mineral structure and it's so sensitive that it can touch, a, can, can touch a, a hair. And if it starts to decay, something in your body is missing. And along the way, obviously, I learned about Weston Price at one time. You basically, you probably too. Weston Price was a dentist. In my opinion, the first biology dentist. And a big explorer and a nutritional guy, so he has written this book, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration. And what he did, hundred years ago, um, he went to see the Aborigines. He went to see like some tribes in Africa. He also went to see Switzerland. So he did huge explorational causes to to link oral health and crowded teeth and problems in your mouth with nutrition. And what he found out was that people that live more ancestrally had per- like just simply had no crowding in their teeth, had perfect um, nose breathing, had no signs of decay, no no biofilms and no gum inflammation. That's what he found out. Like if they ate a sentence, like let's say an aborigine would eat their regular diet, perfect teeth, perfect structure, perfect body, like all wisdom teeth in line, not even had to see an orthodontist. And what he What he also saw was that like the younger generation who had contact already with the industrial products that evolved at that time, sugar, grains, refined oils, and conventional dairy. They looked like little monsters. They were like narrow faces, crowded teeth, decay, tons of biofilm and uh, obviously gum inflammation and really looked like little monsters, and he was like really finding out about the connection with how our teeth building themselves, or how can you regenerate teeth, but also bone structures. And it was a clear link between, let's say, just a nutritional deficiency. So he studied it and found out that vitamin D3 is critical important. In my opinion, he had the first bone healing protocol. So I'm known for bone healing protocol. And what he did, he he, yeah, he, just by observing it, he found out that all these people ate a lot of animal protein, animal foods, like what they could find locally, probably grass-fed meats, and so a lot of fats. And also what he found was that they ate, all ate butter from grass-fed cows. Like cow, He said cows that eat fresh grass every day. And he hypothesized that in this butter was an activator X. The activator X, now we know it from mastogen, this mastogen, And he found out that the activator X was was basically vitamin K2. So he gave them fish oil and butter to recover or regenerate tooth structure and bone structure, which is basically in science now, which he didn't have, it's vitamin D3 and K2. So that's the initial part of the bone healing protocol. And he also found out, obviously, that we need all the fat soluble vitamins, vitamin D3, K, A, E, and animal protein was really critical and important. Basically eat with nature. And this comes now back to oh, the whole cycle of the nose to tail approaches from the carnivores. So me being involved in nutrition for the last 20 years, it was obvious that I needed to do this for my surgeries yeah, to help people heal their bones and implants, but also for teeth. So my approach is it's called a food design concept. And what we basically do, we are thinking in nutrients or I train dentists to think in nutrients. Why? Because there's so many people having so much different mindsets about nutrition. There are the vegans, the vegetarians, the vegans, the high carbs, the low carbs, the carnivores, you know? And I, I don't personally want to change their mindset, right? But I need to know how to optimize their mindset. So if a vegan comes in from a medical perspective and for teeth, if it's just a vegan and he doesn't know what he's doing, it's really bad, yeah? Yeah you will really decline health quite quite fast. I'm not saying that vegan is bad in itself. If you know what you're doing and how to use the plants and how to get the nutrients from it, it's fine. So I'm teaching, thinking nutrients. Where can you get your macronutrients? Where can you get your proteins from and your, your minerals and your vitamins to really help strengthen your bone and your teeth and obviously the overall health. It's the same approach. We look for how nutritious is the food you're eating and which nutrients macro to micro are you getting on a daily basis. And I sometimes even use, after surgery, I will always use actually tracking cal- not calories, but macronutrients and let them calculate my patients to make sure that they have enough protein because protein is on the forefront of everything that comes through being anabolic and healing. And in my field, being a surgeon, it's important to heal tissue to heal bone and also to heal the teeth. And if you're not anabolic, chronic sick patients, for example, mostly catabolic, they can't heal. How should that be possible? So obviously they start with the right nutrition and I fine-tune it for them so that they know and change their lifestyle for the better. And yeah, use the, all the knowledge that applies for your whole body that we already talked about,
2: but it also applies to teeth and recovery of bone. Mm, fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. I'd love to get your perspective, Dom, on, I know you briefly mentioned, you know, poor quality dairy and milk. I'd love to get your stance on, you know, dairy intake and whether you think it's, you know, an essential component of a healthy diet. So dairy is
1: a bit of a problem because at least in Germany, we cannot really get our hands on raw dairy. It's kind of like forbidden by law. It has to be at least homogenized and pasteurized. And in itself, this process already destroys proteins and makes it a little bit of an unnatural product. So if you talk about raw dairy that you can basically take out of the, of the cow itself, and the cow is an old cow, and you go do rabbit holes like A2 casein and, and it was only grass-fed, <clears throat> it's different. But the common belief is always where do you get your calcium from if you don't eat dairy? Yeah. You don't need calcium for the teas. It's more like magnesium and all the other minerals. You have enough calcium in your diet, anyways. So, what we do is in the food design concept, I have a chart. It's, it's a red chart, just to make it simple, like an ample the red, uh, yellow, and the green. The red chart is, the I call it the call for sickness. It's, we, we obviously don't do any gluten-containing grains because they have been shown to cause inflammation. and But they also have been shown to be very strongly linked to tooth decay, especially in celiac people. Mm. You know, it's containing phytic acid and it, the absorption of minerals is a problem besides the leaky gut. So we just skip gluten-containing grains. Obviously, no sugar. That's a normal dental thing because sugar is not the best idea. Then refined vegetable oils, just because of inflammation and the dairy. And then the green chart is protein, carbohydrates, healthy fats, vegetables, and fruits. And then I just fine tune it, and individualize their energy nutrients and their proteins. So dairy, if you can get your hands on raw dairy, it might actually be a good strategy for your health and teeth, if you can stomach it and tolerate it. But because I have to explain so much on how, how it should like the healthy dairy and then again, go with A1 and A2 and the immune system, I just say, okay, go off of dairy and just eat butter because butter is fine. So from this year on, there's articles over articles in the regular dental magazines that always refused my work. Like 10 years ago, they would say, oh no, sorry, you can't post about root canals removal and stuff. It's not good. But now they actually ask me, this is a new one, the integration of ceramic implants with tailored nutrition and micronutrients. That's the the basic dental magazine that every regular dentist sees. So now they're finally interested. Because of my work with nutrition, they ask me now, oh, wow, it helps overall healing, eating. That has something to do with nutrition. And then you see here, like, I display my food design pyramid. And it's a long article on how to eat the food. So finally, it's making the way into regular dentistry. So I had to go the very slow route with first I implemented vitamin D3. And that clicked a little bit for the regular dentist because they heard about sun and vitamin D3 a few years ago. Then I did the bone healing protocol, vitamin K2, magnesium, omega-3s because that was relating. And then I implemented the nutritional part for the regular dentist. Mm. If, I, if I teach you on causes. And as being a specialist in ceramic implantology, you see, I'm very specialized in technique and through the backdoor, if you can say so, I now implement nutrition, nutrients, and overall health concept. And it took a while because at the beginning was like when I was talking about a root canal. After a speech, I would be attacked 30 minutes from the whole crowd. And that's when I stopped giving speeches in front of regular dentists because it felt bad. So I it was my passion and it was like, oh no, emotionally attack, no fun. So I only gave causes for interested people. But now it changes for the last two years. All my um, friends from university are finally examined by myself and became specialists. they are not too many yet, but I can see that the early adopters are starting it and then they really change their mindset and become the dentists of the future because dentists in itself, they have such a bad record. Like nobody, you don't want to go to a dentist, right? Dentist is more like, oh no, I have to see a dentist. Maybe it hurts. He will drill my tooth. Oh, hopefully I don't have a a hole in my tooth. And it's a common belief system that people think it's God-given if they have bad teeth or good teeth. Luckily, my genetics, I had never had a hole in my tooth. So when I go to a dentist, I pray that I don't have to get drilled. So they they are not empowered, these patients, that they can change their lifestyle and nutrition. And if the lifestyle is correct and they get the nutrients, they have teeth hard as stone. They don't even have to see a dentist anymore. You don't even have to brush your teeth like in the real world. So you see where it's going to is the future generation. My kids, I hopefully don't have to see anybody to repair their teeth because They grow again like we need to, like the Aborigines did and the Africans do. Like like people that are living more ancestrally, they don't see a dentist. They don't have to do a, a surgery because they have no space for the teeth. Because they initially get breastfed, which is really important, starting from the beginning, and they get in their whole upcoming, they don't have any lack of nutrients. Because obviously when you're growing up, your body prioritizes your bone structure, not your teeth, and not your skeletal shape of your face. That's why we all get narrow faces, narrow noses and, and breathe through your mouths. And that's a big problem for later disease. Mm. Nutrition yes. is a big thing, obviously.
2: Yeah. I just quickly want to mention like hats off to you for pioneering and staying true to what you believe in. And now you're starting to see people following, you know, following in your footsteps. So like hats off to you for actually pioneering that. Cause it would have been, there would have been a challenge for you back then, like, everyone's you know, giving you negative self, negative uh, you know, remarks and things like that. So yeah, hats off to you there, man.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, it, it was, I had to be very stubborn and and learn a fair share and it's fine. Now that I'm very happy that I did it this way. At the beginning, it was more like, okay, this is an idiot. Like my friends or other people, they just basically laughed at you. It's kind of like Gandhi said it, like this famous quote. First, they laugh at you. And they fight you and then you win or something like that. And took a while. And it was, it's really uncomfortable at, point, at times and no fun because you see, it's my passion. I just basically want to share that. And I personally cannot help many people. So I calculated 30,000 surgeries in my lifetime. But if I train 1,000 dentists, then it's 30 million. And you can really change something. And... So I had to keep it that way and luckily over the last two years maybe it's because of Corona and because of the whole shift in the mindset that people finally realized that at least what they learned in the last two years I'm being a little bit sarcastic maybe they learned that there is an immune system and that the body is really their body and that they can do something to help be optimized and that's a good thing so maybe the whole medicine and dentistry changes a little bit. And that was the thing I wrote down a few years ago that I wanted to have a lasting impact and make a change in, how to, in the way how dentistry medicine is done. Because I said, dentists at this moment of time, they don't have a fun job. It's more like they have patients that don't like them. Then they always have to bargain. yeah. Because I don't know why people think that dentists will rip you off. It's because of because of the concept of drill, fill, and bill. That's the concept. People think, okay, if I go to the dentist, it will be expensive and they will find something to make money because they have to make money by fixing teeth and biting teeth. So you have to see dentists will do a lot of work on a daily basis, multiple chairs, tons of patients, just to get a little bit of money back. So they have a really stressful lifestyle and have to bargain and then People say, but insurance pays them amalgam filling and then they go with the amalgam filling even though they shouldn't. So if you upgrade as a dentist to what I do and change your mindset and it's becoming about overall health, I'm only doing one, maximum two surgery. Obviously big surgeries a day. My whole clinic is a de-stressed environment. It's all about health and improvement of health and my patients are looking forward to the appointments for months and months and months and prepare themselves with the right nutrition, with the right nutrients. And they are more like fans or at least friends on the mission. And it's fun. I can help them. And it's just, it's just fulfilling. It's really the next level. And this can happen for all the dentists if they start becoming biological dentists. So mm-hmm. it's just the next level. It's not contrary. You have to have your skills down. Obviously I'm doing the high-skilled ceramic implant surgeries that almost nobody does right now. Whatever you do, it's really tiny things. But now you have this and you learn about nutrition and you learn about having impacts on the overall health. Maybe you just help them sleep again or you help them getting out of depression. It's for both sides, for the patient and the doctor, that's just fulfilling and fun. Mm -hmm. And I think this is something that we need to change. And then the dentist actually has a big role when it comes to helping people getting healthy again because he has a unique ability to see in one glance by looking into your mouth, oh, dude, you have a dysbiosis, you have tons of toxins, you have tons of inflammation, and we can do something about it. So the future of the dentist is bright when it comes in this direction. And I hope in the overall future, there is no reparation needed anymore. And we all just become people that help to empower people themselves to take responsibility of their health and life and give them strategies like nutrition, for example, mm. and other tools.
2: Yeah, amazing, man. I mean, if if it wasn't for COVID, I would come over and visit, get a session in your clinic. I mean, because there's nothing like that here. There's nothing that I really know that in Melbourne that's you know pioneering the education and the preventative side, which I, I really respect what you're doing. It's amazing.
1: Thanks. In Australia, it's really critical. So I have a friend and he also Dr. Stephen Lynn, you maybe know him. He is in Sydney. He wrote the book Dental Diet. At the same time, when I was writing my book, his book is more a nutritional book, whereas mine is more like an overall concept of oral health. So we are working on the same spectrum, like on diff- like totally different sides of the whole globe. And there is really, he's an orthodontist, so he's not doing surgeries or any dental. but I think that, really believe there's almost nobody in the whole country of Australia who does it a little bit. So I have a lot of patients coming in from Australia wow. to do the work with me. And I was thinking, why is there nobody in Australia? You have to take this trip. Obviously it's fun to do a trip, but yeah. it would be amazing to have at least like somebody there, but also in Australia, it's the same as in Germany, the regulations for dentists are really bad. so. Mm. Luckily, in Germany, you can do your private things and tell people, okay, this is what I would do, even though we have insurances. But I think in Australia, it's more like in the US that you get problems with with the dental board if you talk about amalgam fillings. Still, it probably changes, but they are afraid then to get their license taken away. And so it's really... Also difficult. So for also for dentists here in Germany or everywhere, what we found out is it's a big step for them to become a biological dentist because if they have no, they, they really are interested in it, in it now, luckily, which is good for all the patients. But then they're at the same time afraid, oh, do I maybe make less money? How can I implement this into my clinic? Oh, I don't have enough knowledge. You see the problems here. It's really a training that is, that is missing, even though we have a curriculum it needs way more training. And I think we will work on, or we are working on this anyways, but for future, my idea is first, I inform the whole world and all the patients out there to really start, by, start their health by looking into your mouth. And from there on, go the whole health matrix, the gut system, the detoxification the nutrients, because that, that's something they can do on their own. But at one point, if they optimize everything, and still the mouth is not good, they need to see a biological dentist. But then, if they're empowered already, they maybe go to their doctor and ask, hey, I read about the biological dentistry concept. Are you do? can you remove my amalgam fillings safely? And if the doctor then says no, they will go and look for another one. So it could be an incentive for all the dentists out there to become biological dentists at one point in time, mm. because the patients are looking for it. And this is the goal and this is why I always invest my time to give speeches and podcasts to really just, yeah, help as many people as possible to get to overall health and to really tell them, okay, you, you biohacked yourself to be superhuman, but you're still not. Have you looked into your mouth? If not, find a good biological dentist and then here's the problem. It's hard
2: to find. Have you seen the movie Root Cause? I think it was on I think it was on Netflix at one stage root cause root cause was on Netflix
1: exactly 2 years ago early 2019 and then there was a it's about this guy Fraser who basically biohacks for 10 years and tries everything even shamanism
2: and he should be a superhuman but he's still sick yeah yeah actually yeah yeah it's a story of a young young man who was uh, depressed, And then... It's... And it's an Australian man. Oh, really? I, yeah, actually, I remember seeing that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, he was everything. He had everything, like chronic fatigue. And he was a young man. Yeah, his health just declined. Mm. And he tried everything. Like all, like that that's probably resonating with a lot of you listeners yeah. because you're trying. You even invest in a 5,000 euro machine to help optimize your health. What he did and... After 10 years, even shamanism, NAD, IVs, whatever, everything, he tried everything. He still wasn't healthy. And then he went to see a clinic who referred him to a biological dentist. They found one root canal, and this was the splinter that was holding him back for oral health. They took the root canal out, cleaned everything, and from there on, his health started to improve again. That is how important oral health is. And this is something we all need to know. And I think if it's a functional medicine doctor and the triopathic doctor, even especially also the coaches, the fitness trainers that are getting more and more in, in kind of like doctors, they should need to notice this because it's so easy to just get a panoramic x-ray and see, okay, where is our health optimization strategy and protocol? At the beginning, we have to look into the mouth because it makes no sense to to doctor around the hormones when you didn't check the chronic inflammation that is ongoing in your mouth and making havoc with your whole autonomic nervous system. So you know, all the people are talking about the nerve, the vagal nerve, yeah? It's really critical. The vagal nerve is connected to all your organs. What you didn't know maybe is that you have this big brain nerve called the trigeminus, which connects to all the teeth. It's a brain, it starts in the brainstem, but with the trigeminus, it's always a part of the franal nerve, which is the nerve for the vagus. So every tooth is connected to one organ in your body. And if you have a lot of problems in your mouth, toxins, inflammation, cytokines that travel here, it will block your vagal nerve. And it's called the toxic vagus nerve in naturopathic medicine. And then you have chronic fight and flight and stress, and it starts in your mouth. And no organ works anymore. Like for example, this tooth is directly connected to your adrenal glands, your kidneys, and and makes problems. Or your wisdom teeth, the cavitation areas. Wisdom tooth that are generally removed because of space problems end up being uh, chronic inflammations in your jawbone called cavitations, FDOJ, NICO, maybe you've heard of it. And from the meridian system, this area, the number, the wisdom tooth side is small heart and small intestine, uh, chronic fatigue, and adrenal adrenal glands. And the whole central nervous system gets kind of like Switch over there. If there's an inflammatory process or toxins or whatever, imagine how this transfers to your whole body. Obviously, chronic fatigue. Everything we're talking about in terms of chronic health can start in your mouth. And that's why I say, do all the biohacks. Do everything you can for health optimization. Go out in nature. Go back to ancestral living. Get your diet on point. Get your lifestyle checked. Obviously, Wi-Fi off and EMS. Do all these things that you can do freely, basically. Mm. And if then something is holding you back, find a biology dentist, get a panoramic x-ray, do a diagnosis and get a nice strategy to get that cleared off. Mm. It's super simple. It's all about timing. When is the right timing to do what? Mm. Phenomenal. Basically, the best strategy you can learn something here is all of you guys, Focus on optimizing your health so that you're always anabolic and can recover perfectly because that's the pre-treatment we do anyways to do then the health optimization surgeries or whatever we need in your mouth. So that's the perfect pre strategy. If everybody's pre-treated, we can just click them in and then help them right away. Otherwise, we need four to six weeks, even sometimes three months to prepare patients to even do a surgery. Mm. So that's a good strategy
2: phenomenal it's just it's just crazy how you've um you know you've been able to sort of link everything all together and it really does come back to the mouth but I do have one final question Dom and that is in relation to more from a cosmetic perspective because again I know a lot of my listeners will want to know in terms of tooth whitening what you suggest there what people should avoid or what they can start using
1: Yes, from a vanity perspective, I totally get it. An aesthetic that you want to have white teeth and I'm not opposed to doing whitening. What I would recommend is really go see a specialist, a doctor, a dentist who offers in-office bleachings or at-home bleachings because it's just more special, more perfect and less less risky. And there are so many, let's say, tooth whitening toothpaste and powders and materials you can buy on the internet and use a stripe or whatever. I wouldn't recommend this because you never know what you, yeah, what you maybe do in the long run. And in-office bleaching, what you basically do is you use an um, H2O2. I don't know what it is in, in English. It's um
2: hydrogen peroxide, I think.
1: Hydrogen peroxide is in English, yeah. Wasserstoff peroxide in German. I, yeah. Hydrogen peroxide. Yeah. And what it does is from a medical perspective, it will make your teeth a bit more sensitive at the beginning. It just basically draws out the water. But if your health is optimized and the nutrients are fine and you have enough D3 and minerals anyways in your nutrition, then your tooth will remineralize or re- re- within the next 24 hours just by your good saliva that you anyways having. So it is a short-term sensitivity you're risking, but there's no long-term problems by doing this. When you do it in office, for me personally, that would be the good strategy. I want to have the result right away. I don't want to wait two weeks and use a splint at the night. Everybody can be different. So what we do is, if you need to, to have this, first step is obviously a cleaning, professional cleaning. Then in itself, your teeth will be whiter. Then we will do an in-office bleaching if you want to, and at the same time we'll make you a splint for the night time so that when let's say in six months time it get a little bit darker again, you can use the splint for one night and be perfectly fine by doing it yourself at home to really be have a nice nice white teeth for the long run. I never bleached. I, I had an in-office bleaching 2005. As a test person. So that's it. I never bleached really bleach. So they're just kind of white. I should do it because I think I can have even whiter teeth when I do a bleaching, just, just to see for fun uh, how it looks like. So don't use these abrasive toothpaste because whitening toothpaste are most likely having any sort of abrasive in it. And an abrasive basically, let's say, files down, you enamel. Enamel. Wow. This is hard. You wouldn't want to file it down. Kind of like if you use a stone and a grip tape, and then the stone gets a little bit um, different. Same when you do it. It will get thinner and thinner and thinner. But you know the enamel, that's the hard part, is really what protects the whole tooth structure. Because in your tooth, if you look from a microscopic perspective, it, every tooth is a little organ. There's these tiny dentin tubules. And there is a big root with the nerve supply, the lymph supply, the autonomic nervous system, which really qualifies as a as an organ. And this is how yeah how it's connected to your whole system. So there mm. are obviously DIY experiments. You can use activated charcoal. You can use some sort of um, garlic paste. I think you cannot do too much problem. Cannot get too much problems there. But the chemicals that are marketed heavily, I would avoid it and better see a specialist.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Dom, well, I might also just finish off with one final question again, just in, in terms of what you sort of see the future, how you'd love to see the future pan out in terms of biological dentistry.
1: How oh, I see the future? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it uh, catches on and I think when it comes to biological dentistry, for now, it's below 1% of all dentists who are doing biological dentistry And the consequent biological dentistry we do is super, like we only trained 30 specialists worldwide so far that have the whole protocol. So the idea for the future obviously is that we can make a mindset shift in the dentist and it starts with you as a person. So if the dentist becomes a biohacker, a health optimizer optimizer himself and starts by changing his lifestyle, he will then learn and and can transfer this to, to his patients. Because if you learn it on yourself, You will never change it. And obviously learns about immune, like learns about the, let's say, just the the theoretical updates, the immune system, the whole nervous system, the hormone system, how the whole health matrix correlates with the teeth. And what we can do to repair biologically, like which materials can we use? Why would we not use root canal? Why we don't use metals? Those are basically just knowledge updates in terms of traditional dentistry, just next level. And the future obviously will be that we are training preventative medicine and training nutrition and lifestyle and all these things to not even see a doctor. Because the best thing is always your regular tooth with no cavity and no decay in there and no, no drilling and filling and repairing would be the future. So my kids obviously shouldn't have any decays, <laughs> and hopefully I don't know if it's possible because I had braces twice. So hopefully it's possible with my with the next generation, my kids, to not need orthodontics already because we did the breastfeeding, we do the nutrients. Let's see if they will have their wide shaped mouths again. For now they do because my wife was able to breastfeed breastfeed for at least eighteen months. That's, an, that's for everybody out there. If you can breastfeed, 18 months is ideal to get the lower jaw grown out and to train nose breathing and to get your microbiome. If you can't, I'm sorry for you, that happens, then we have to find other solutions. But if you can, it's the best thing to breastfeed. Even longer is fine. And then from there on, the nutrition shapes your whole body and your whole structure. And maybe you don't need orthodontics in the first place. Also, that would be an idea. Could be that it swaps one generation because of epigenetics, takes a little bit longer. But let's see. Uh, at least I try to yeah. get my best <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, yeah, like I said before, you're, you're truly, truly leading the way and what you're doing now is inspiring me, myself, just as a naturopath to come back to that root cause and understand health a little bit more outside of just a single symptom. But Dom, I'd love to let my listeners know where they can Connect with you closely, where they can check out your resources and all that good stuff.
1: Yes, actually, as a naturopathic doctor, you're really at the right spot. Um, I have tons of naturopathic doctors referring, and they know it most likely they know more about oral health than medical doctors. not, not judging here, but that's sometimes more open-minded. Mm. Where can you find me? So I think the best strategy is really the Instagram because there is this link in the bio. It's called the TAP bio. And in the TAP bio, you find everything. You find my website for the clinic. You find the book that I've written in English and German. You can also swipe more to find resources, my YouTube channel, tons of podcast interviews out there, all my articles to download as a PDF. So the TAP bio is probably the way to go. And also follow me on Instagram if you're interested in how health starts in your mouth. And I'm giving... It's kind of like my personal health magazine. I'm giving little tips and tricks what I'm doing on a daily basis to optimize me, but also what I'm doing in the clinic. And I'm trying to improve the content and knowledge for you guys out there. And please let me know what you want to learn from me. I'm always there. And yeah, that's the best idea.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll, I'll make sure to leave those linked in in the show notes for the listeners. But Dr. Nishwitz, I mean, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, man. Thanks so much for joining me. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Thanks. It was a pleasure. Really fun.
2: Thank you everyone for joining in to today's episode. For in-depth show notes and lessons learned, visit nofilter.media forward slash boost your biology. This has been a No Filter Media production.
0: Say what you want.